Blog Talk Radio. to Lardy, Miss Clardy, and company on Blog Talk Radio for November 30th, 2022. I am your host, Lardy, Miss Clardy, and I'm coming at you live everywhere with good news or bad news if necessary. Now, this is the place to be and to get heard right here on Lardy, Miss Clardy, and company on Blog Talk Radio. Well, tonight we have a great show for you. And the subject matter is Black and Blue, Reaction to Resolution with Kevin Hempstead. Now call in at this call-in number of 845-277-9302. That number again is 845-277-9302. And listen, there will be a Q&A, Q&A session to make sure comments and questions and everyone gets two minutes giving room for others to have time to speak. Get your seatbelts on. We're riding the waves. And I'll be right back. And we're talking black and blues. Be right back. Do what you gonna do when they come for you? The 
it on that one, you chuck it on this one, you chuck it on your mother and you chuck it on your father, you chuck it on your brother and you chuck it on your sister, you chuck it on that one and you chuck it on me. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? I give you no break, not even your eyes, you give you no break, hey, hey. bad boys, bad boys, oh, what you gonna do, oh, what you gonna do when they come for you, bad boys, bad boys, oh, what you gonna do, oh, what you gonna do when they come for you, bad boys, bad boys, oh, what you gonna do, oh, what you gonna do when they come for you, bad boys, bad boys, oh, what you gonna do, oh, what you gonna do when they Ohio, 
to the Denver, Colorado area where he currently lives. And as a young man, Kevin experienced what two black men have experienced, a nervous police officer, gun pointed directly at him. That experience combined with the recent headlines inspired Kevin to write the book, Black and Blue, Pathways to a Positive Interaction Between African Americans and the Police. And without further ado, let's give a hearty clap for our guest, Mr. Kevin Hampstead. Yes, let's do that. Yes, I'm clapping too. Good, good evening. Good evening, Miss Clardy. Good evening, Miss Clardy. How are you? Welcome, welcome. I am great. How are you feeling now? Welcome to the I show. I'm doing Lardy great. And thank you. Thank You're you welcome. so much for having me on. Well, without further ado, I got some questions. And we need some answers, and I'm sure that you have them. And I want to ask this major question on when you had an experience with a police officer, and he was, what? He was nervous, right? He was nervous and had it at you, right, directly at you, but he was nervous. Can you explain what happened? Why was why do police officers have this ideology about being nervous with black people or black men to say? You know, because that don't make sense to me. How is it that he got a gun and it's pointed at you, but he's scared of you, nervous? I'm just putting that in there. You know, why are police officers afraid of black men in general? Why do they feel they have to be nervous when they are the ones that's got the gun? Can you explain that? I think that's the craziest thought I've ever seen. You got the gun, but you scared of an unarmed black man at that. What happened? (laughs) Well, what really happened is I was partially to blame for that by jumping out of my vehicle. Now, it's debatable if he would have still pulled a gun on me if I was white, but he definitely is actually two cops, and both of them pointed their guns at my chest, yelling loudly, if I moved anymore, I would be shot. God, and you didn't even have anything in your hand. I had nothing in my hand. I, all I had was an explanation as to why, as to why I was speeding. <laughs> wow. Amazing. There seems to be a lot of, in, there's implicit bias, and sometimes there are bad cops. Now, I'm going to say that, but I also want to say the vast majority of law enforcement are good. They're, they're mm-hmm. good cops, and, mm-hmm. and they, they do what good. they're supposed to do. And they save people from burning buildings, deliver babies. They do all sorts of great things. But it only takes a few of them to uh, really 
put a bad blemish on them all. And that's, Find, yes, that's, what, yes, that's why we're here. Yes. What are they nervous about? What gives them the right to be nervous over, I mean, they don't get nervous at a, a white person. White person, they get out, start cussing at them and acting crazy. And they don't even deal with them in the way that they deal with us. And they, I think, you know, when it comes to facing the police, they got more, uh, they're more outspoken and ain't afraid to say what's on their mind and be aggressive about it. But when it comes to a black man that is, you know, that may be in a way inferior to a a white cop why is it that you know they are afraid of us what's that issue i mean how come they can't treat okay, us like well, the well, white first people first off i don't believe i don't believe they're inferior to a white cop but unless it's in their mind <laughs> but of i do yeah. believe that there is implicit bias in the police forces around the country around the united mm-hmm. states and mm-hmm. it's hard when it's a hard pill for people to swallow, and, and I've heard the arguments against that thing. There is no implicit bias in policing. And, but when you think police officers, they are human. So to deny that they have implicit bias in their psyche is to deny that they are human beings. We all have implicit bias in us. It's how we're wired. It's how we're wired. That's how we think. It's a defense mechanism. We recognize and look at and prejudge people who are different than us. That's what we do. We can't help it. The trick is to get these officers to not just recognize that they have some implicit bias, to let their training override their first thought that this big black man looks like a bad hombre which is what they said about the guy that they shot on the Tulsa, Oklahoma highway that expanded. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. And so well, many you know, they don't even have to be happen. big. It can be uh, small and they still act that way, you know? Yes. There are, there are numerous young black kids that unfortunately have nine millimeter looking cell phones. It's so many of these incidents happen, and it stopped me, in all honesty, from writing a novel. I was writing a novel when there were so many of these unarmed black men and sometimes black women and Mm -hmm. sometimes Hispanic men or women being killed or beaten by police while they are unarmed. Uh, yeah, we can we can talk about know, that when it, it came it, it, to it's George disturbing. Floyd and and Sandra Bland. That's for sure. And it's amazing, as naive as I was when I wrote my book approximately five years ago, I I really thought my book's going to make a difference. It's going to slow these incidents down. Um, boy, did I get slapped in the face with George Floyd's slow okay. motion execution. Slow motion. That was a horrible thing. Yes. Yes, it was. These incidents, they keep happening. They keep happening, and I'm, a, I'm an optimist. I do believe we can do something about it. I'm not one that's just going to complain and let, let, and just let my complaints just keep going and going. I am trying to do what I can to come up with solutions. I believe mm-hmm. there isn't a problem on this earth that doesn't have a solution. 
on this earth as well. Exactly. Yes. Well, what is the current relationship between police and the minority community? It is a strained, a very strained relationship. The police and the minority community are two groups that do not trust each other. Mm. And and quite frankly, it's it's understandable with all of these headlines of my unarmed minorities getting shot. They're shot while sleeping in their car. They're shot while selling cigarettes. They're shot while laying mm-hmm. in their bed. They're shot yep. while running away. They're shot while all sorts of things. They're shot while trying to drive away. How can Hold someone up. driving or running away from you That's be right, shot repeatedly in that. the back yes. and the cop says, I was in fear for my life? That's mm. a get-out-of-jail-free card. I agree. Well, why did Black Lives Matter? How? Why did it become such a popular slogan or tr- or chant? You know, that became Black Lives Matter became such a popular slogan or chant because it was it it just appears in the media as if they don't. It really appears like they don't. Whenever an unarmed black person is killed, it really. There's, there seems to be no justice. Sometimes the cop, if a cop shoots an unarmed black man and it's on video, it's not until there are numerous protests before they even start investigating sometimes. It's not until there are numerous protests and calls for justice and Al yes. been involved and Ben Crump and talking yes. about lawsuits. Then all of a sudden, oh yeah, yeah, it, it happened and we're investigating, and we're gonna. There's a grand jury, and Black Lives Matter became popular slogan because it seemed as if they didn't. And they, and I want. I just need to say that there's been a counter saying that no, 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 all lives matter. All well, lives you know matter. What? Yes. If all lives matter, we wouldn't need to say Black Lives Matter. If it was, if right. that statement, all lives matter, was really true, we would not feel the need. <laughs> It should be right. Well, you know, you know. Now that we're on the subject of the Black Lives Matter, you know, uh, well, when that situation happened with um, uh, Sandra Bland, it really went worldwide, along with uh, uh, George Floyd and the other gentleman that got shot. You know, just jogging in somebody's. uh, Well, that was his. Uh, community oh and neighborhood too, in but Georgia, I mean, it really yeah. got bad. You know what I'm saying? Who does that? Yes, there are so many of these instances, and that wasn't even the police. Those were vigilantes who just felt empowered that, hey, the black man jogging through our neighborhood. Let's take care of it. Sometimes it's, it's, there's a lot of racists that for some reason, some people say mm-hmm. it was the previous president, but for some reason, they feel empowered to just do what they feel is the right thing. But it's not right to be judge, jury, and executioner. Whether you're a civilian citizen, a neighborhood watch, nor police, even the police, with their own authority, because let's make no mistake about it, policemen and police women, police officers are armed authority figures. Yes. It's not smart 
disobey an armed authority figure. They are authority mm-hmm. figures. We should be doing what they say. That's right. But it also That's should right. not be a death sentence if we are not threatening anyone. That's very, very, very true. Very, very true. I love it's, that. I love it's interesting that, that you brought up Sandra Bland because yes. that's something, that's one that we have discussed before. And she has, she was one that was stopped by police officers in Texas mm-hmm. right after getting a brand new job, getting, yes, she was I know. for a new position. And on her way to that job, she was excited, starting a new chapter in life. Yep. And then a cop stop, a cop stop in Texas. After three days after the cop stop, she was dead. You know, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm just, you know, really. really, Oh, I was just going to say that that is is so unfathomable. It's, it's. How it can really, that happen? That a yeah, young how could it black happen? woman. Yep. Well, you see that was so many black men that was getting killed, but now you see women, you know, that get caught up in stuff like this, and it be for some little stuff. I mean, it's time to bring those things out because, uh, you know, I believe that cops they really do need to uh, look at what is what's the danger that you gotta, you know really rough up, you know, uh, any person. Well, in, you in, know. The, in the police, and I know that they have been wrong. I'm sorry for cutting you off, but, but in their defense, policing, policing in this extremely armed country is dangerous. It's a mm-hmm. dangerous, dangerous job. It but is if dangerous. you are so scared, if you are so scared that you are going to shoot anyone that's darker skinned than you, you should not be a police officer. Thank you. You should not be a police officer Mr. if you have that said, scared that, that, that you're going to shoot anyone. Re- repeat that you're again, shoot That's right. To shoot you know anyone what? just because they are darker complexer than you, you should not be a police officer. You shouldn't. Can can we play this uh this 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 soundbite that is uh about Sandra um, Bland? what happened to her and what happens to many, even though that she was a woman, but you know, how a a situation can escalate into a, into, into a, into a bad situation. You know, I would like to play that for you hearers and listeners that are out there. You know, if you have, this is, this is Sandra Bland just driving her Mm -hmm. car and a cop pulls up behind her extremely fast. And she jumps out of the way. She pulls out of the way really fast. She's thinking, oh, my God, he's, he's really got somewhere important to go. She didn't use her signal. So then right. he made that the reason for the stop. Well, That's let's amazing. stop right there. Let's not tell them all. Own, you can create your own reason. How do you create your own reason? But yeah, well, just at this moment, we don't, we don't want to tell them the whole thing. We want them to listen to it. Listening to it, it'll it, 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 it just knock your socks and blow your wig back, you know, and I want to be able to mm-hmm. give this to him. That's a, thank you. Thank you for, you know, uh, propping it up a little bit here. Uh, but I want you guys to listen to this. If you've got questions, you've got a comment, whatever the case may be, call in at the call-in number of 
877-977-9302. That number is 845-277-9302. And press option, I think it's option one. If it's not option two, it's option one. I see y'all, but y'all not coming up to get no questions to be answered yet, right? But I'm inviting you, please. 845-277-9302. And we getting ready to listen to this soundbite. And, you know, this is amazing. So um, listen in on this. Uh, wow. Here you go. Hello, ma'am. With the take time patrol, the reason for your stop is you didn't fail. You failed to signal your lane change. You got your driver's license insurance with you? Can you give me a few minutes, all right? You okay? I'm waiting on you. you this is your job. I'm waiting on you. What do you want me to do? Oh, you seem very irritated. I am. I, I really am. I feel like it's tough with what I'm getting the ticket for. I was getting out of your way. You were speeding up, tailing me. So I move over and you stop me. So, yeah, I am a little irritated, but that doesn't stop you from giving me a ticket. So. Are you done? You asked me what's wrong, and I told you. Okay. So now I'm done, yeah. Okay. You mind putting out your cigarette, please? Don't mind. I'm in my car. Why do I have to put out my cigarette? Well, you can step on out now. I don't have to step out of my car. Step out of the car. Step no, out of the car. No, you don't have the right. You step do not, out of the car. You do not have the right to do that. I do have the right. Now step out or I will say, remove you. I refuse you. to talk to you other than to identify myself. And step out or I will remove you. I am getting removed for a failure. Step out or I will remove you. I'm giving you a lawful order. Get out of the car now or I'm going to remove you. And I'm calling my I'm going to yank you out of here. Okay, you're going to yank me out of my car? Get out. Okay. All right. 
scared. That's all it is. Scared of a female. If you would just listen. I was trying to sign the ticket. Whatever. Stop moving. Are you serious? Stop moving. Oh, I can't wait till we go to court. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait till we go to court. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. You want me to sit down now? No. Or are you going to gonna throw me to the floor? That'll make you feel better about yourself? Knock it off. No, nah, that'll make you feel better about yourself? That'll make you feel real good, won't it? For a cellular signal, you're doing all of this. And little ass Prairie View, Texas. My God, they, they must want to You were getting a warning until now you're going to jail. No, I'm getting a, For what? You can come for read. What? Come read right. I'm getting a warning for what? Stay right here. For what? Well, you stay just right pointed here. me over there. I said stay right Get here. Get the out right. Let me. Oh, I swear on my life, y'all some A cop for a signal. You're going to take me to jail. She's in handcuffs. What a What a What a What a You about to break my Wrist. Stop moving. I'm standing still. You Stay keep right moving here. me, goddammit. Stay right there. Don't touch me. Come right over here. This right here says a warning. You started creating the problem. You asked me what was wrong. Do you have I'm anything to tell on your you, person that's do, illegal? Do I feel like I got anything on me? This I'm a f***ing maxi dress. I'm going to remove your glasses. This a maxi dress. Come on over here. On me. You're about to break my wrist. Can you stop? stop? You are about to break my wrist. Stop moving. Stop now. Stop it. Stop resisting, man. If you would stop, and I would tell you. Now stop. You are such a. You are such a. No, you are. You are getting around. You are getting around. When you pull away from me, you're resisting arrest. This makes you feel real good, don't it? A female for a traffic signal. For a traffic signal. I know that makes you feel good, officer. I know it makes you feel real good. You're a real man now. You just slam me, knock my head in the ground. I got epilepsy, you mother. Good. Good. You should have thought about that before you start resisting. All right. Yeah, this is real good. Real good for a female. Yeah. Woo. Well, I'm back. Wow. That is, woo, that is, oh, my God. You know, it, that, it, that does something to me. Every time that I is, hear it, it oh is my God. It just, it's just disturbing. It is so it's disturbing. disturbing. Yes, it is. You know, uh, there there was a part in there, I got chills all over me on that because um, in the first beginning, when she had, when the, when the police asked her how did she feel or what how she was feeling you know and she was already agitated okay but then you know she was still Mm -hmm. communicating and talking and then it escalated to cussing and different things of that sort now i know that there's a a lot of us that don't you know give any feedback you know what i'm saying but you know, right. nevertheless, right. even though she gave and, that and feedback, it just seemed as though that it shouldn't have been, you know, that harsh. But I don't know what part of she that. she lit that cigarette, she was upset because she knew. Yeah. It's, it's pretty easy for black, black people can tell when racially motivated things are happening to us. We yeah. see the people following us through stores. We see the people... They put the change in some other people's hands, and then for the black person, they'll throw it on the counter. We notice. We might not always say things, but we notice. 
So we know there's this. no doubt in my mind. She noticed that that cop stopped it. her basically for nothing. For, for nothing. not signaling when he was the one who forced her to not signal by zooming in behind her. And mm-hmm. then when she moved out of his way, she said, aha, you didn't signal when you moved out of my way. Mm-hmm. He created the traffic stop. And it, well, it's that's, just, it's, and that's why she was upset, which is why she had to light a cigarette, because she was so nervous and upset about it. She was trying to calm herself down. Yes, yes, yes. So I it mean, escalated you know, from there. It escalated it, it and sure escalated. did. And, and you know, and it, it, again, you know, that was a strong black woman standing up for her rights at all costs without seeming to be forceful in a way for him to actually throw her down, you know, hurt her wrist, you know, because she was cussing, whatever that she was, that it should have been that hard. That was, that, that, that's really what's hard for me to really listen to. All my hair is on my body is standing up for that one. You know what I mean? It's just amazing what we go through. So, you know, the question to that is what causes police traffic stops to be so potentially dangerous. And after we talk about that, then, you know, I'll let someone come on and, you know, ask questions or whatever at this point. But what causes police traffic stops to be so potentially dangerous, Kevin? Well, police traffic stops are dangerous because it's a person that's pulling you over. They they run your license plate, but they're not positive that's you, for one. Another factor in it is they don't know if you're armed. In some states, if you have, if you can, if you have a license to carry legally, you have to state that. Yeah. You know, in my own state of Colorado, it is not the law that you have to tell the cop. Although you are supposed to answer honestly when a cop yes. asks you, because that yes. could constitute. You uh, not not being you, when you're dishonest with the cop, you're gonna you're gonna run into problems because mm-hmm. then he, they already don't trust you, and they trust you even less if they have implicit bias that okay, I pulled over a black person now I I I I've, and they, a lot of this implicit bias comes from the media. They've seen it mm-hmm. on the news. The news will show the black person's face whenever it's a black person committing a crime. And you might not necessarily see the person's face all the time in their life. Right. Sometimes you see it in the movies, and you see yes. it in TV shows and power. And it be for real stuff. That's stuff that shows. goes on. It's stuff yes, that goes on. It does. It, it, it really does. And so, and when it when they see that in the movies and they see that in the TV shows, they feel all blacks are like that. And even mm-hmm. even black cops feel that way. Even black cops are on edge when they stop another black citizen. Now that's it's amazing. It's a shame, but it it still happens. Even with black cops, there have been tests and studies, some of some of them at your alma mater, Ohio State, where they mm-hmm. have proven that no matter what the race of the person is, when they look at a black face, even flat for a second, they think that that person is negative, that that person is, is it's, it's potentially bad. Right. Wow. Well, um, you know, I, I, I'm I going to just bring someone on to ask a question and uh, see what 
you know, take it to the listeners and see what they think about this. Um, anybody that wants to uh, make a comment or question, this is the time to do it. 845-277-9302. That number again is 845-277-9302. And we are talking about the black and blues reaction to resolution with Kevin Hempstead. And here we go. We're going to talk with 812. And the last four digits of your telephone number is 7331. Hello, caller. You are on the line. Welcome to Lardy, Miss Clardy and Company on Blog Talk Radio. You have two to three minutes to say what you want to say, and here you are. Welcome. 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 Hello, Lardy, Miss Clardy. Uh, this is Lady Diva. Hello, Lady Diva. Good to hear from Hello. you. Yes. So I'm, I, I want to know what you got to say about this. Well, for for most of all, I'm calling from Evansville, Indiana, and you hear about the state of Indiana, how the cops are down here. My question Mm -hmm. is, what happened to the police officer that pulled Sandra Bland over? Whatever happened to him? If I may answer that, he was not, he was, criminal charges were never filed against him. Wow. The worst thing that happened to him is he was fired. They did eventually fire him, and they fired him because, according to the state of Texas, that according to their code, he was not polite as he was supposed to have been to his citizens. That is the only reason, and, of course, it ended in her death, and it caused such bad publicity for the state of Texas law enforcement that they felt compelled to fire him for not being polite. Not even for a death was he charged, but he was fired for not being polite. But That's it why was Black Lives a, Matter became so uh, popular. Wow. Thank Go you. Ahead. Thank you very say, much. Say, Thank you. Say, say what you're going to say, Lady Diva. There was, a, there was something else, a but. Would you put that out there? Say it. It was just a traffic stop. He could have just gave her a ticket. He didn't have to pull her out the car. He didn't have to do all the unnecessary things. It was just a traffic stop. Lady Diva, you are so correct. It was. That is all it was, a traffic stop that he created by pulling up behind her at such a rapid rate that she jumped out of his way feeling like this officer is going somewhere. Little did he know he did that to intimidate her and create his own traffic stop. Now, I agree. It, it, was, it was too big, and then it just escalated. Once he stopped her and he wanted to investigate her because she's black and she's driving through Texas with out-of-town, out-of-state plates, so – that yeah. to him, he needed. He felt the need to investigate her. You know, and it was that, just a traffic stop. I'm sorry. You, Go ahead. Uh, anything else that you want to say, Lady Diva, to this? You know, I know you got a lot that you. I know you. I you do know. because that's one reason for here in the state of Indiana how tough the police are. Uh, with the black folks down here. And um, 
since that Sandra Bland, she ended up dead in jail. It scared me to the point where it traumatized me. And I have very, very close feelings about that, a a black woman being in jail. And back then when that happened, a lot of black women were scared uh, to drive. They were scared to go out. They were scared they were going to get in jail. They were scared policemen or deputies are killing black women in jail cells. And then there was a couple other women that died in jail after Sandra Bland. It was just traumatizing. And that's the fact that uh, traumatizes me. How did Sandra die? They tried to say she committed suicide. That could not be. I don't she had a that. new job. She had a new goal. She had a new goal. She had people that loved her. She was not a depressed person to kill herself or take her own right. life. How did well, she die in jail? That is exactly what we're talking about. There is no trust anymore with the police. But when you create your own traffic stop and then arrest that person for being irritated because you created that traffic stop and you threatened to drag her out of the vehicle, threatened mm-hmm. to, I quote him, light you up. Say, I'm going to light you up if you don't get out. Yeah. slams her to the ground. And he it, did. He definitely it, it, did. It, I understand. I understand the trauma that's so traumatized. But, and that makes it hard to believe she committed suicide. Although, looking at her past, she had bouts with depression. She did have bouts with depression. So it's possible. But it's possible that there's something nefarious there, too, because we do not trust people who create their own issues with black folks. That's hard. It's hard to trust someone who does that. Yes, and uh, my, my other question is, how are parents, black parents, or are, are, are people of color, to raise their children not to hate cops. They put now uh, mottos where policemen and deputies and rookies are going out in the black community and uh, making cops look good, doing Christmas toys with children in the black community, trying to make the police officers look good. There was recently a cop that uh, killed a young teenager's parents and uh, he actually was a cop, and I believe that was in Texas. But um, mm-hmm. you cannot trust cops. Yes, there are some good ones. There are some bad ones. But how do you know which ones are the good and which ones are the bad? Just like they, they don't they trust us, well. they don't know which. They can't tell which citizens are good and bad, and we can't tell which cops are good and bad. And that's where the mistrust comes in. And that's why we have to take action, not in the sense of the world that we wish it was, but we have to take action to protect ourselves with the world that we have to deal with. It doesn't make sense to fight someone on on the street. The court of laws are for that. We cannot argue with an armed authority figure. We should not argue with an armed authority figure. It's, it's dangerous. It's not only dangerous, it's, it's foolish. We have to obey 
what they say. And once they say, give you that order, get out of the car, even if they're wrong, the law states that they are giving you an armed authority figure, an authority figure is giving you an order, you have to obey. Even if they're wrong, and when you get out of your car, if it, I would get out of that car and lock the door. No, you don't have yep. permission to search my car. You get a search warrant if you want to search. You have to know your rights, and you have to know what you're supposed to do. You have, you're supposed to follow the law, and you're not supposed to get out of your car unless instructed to do so. But once he instructs you to do so, you have to do it. And that's where Sandra Bland and the officer are both a little bit guilty of, of escalating the situation because right. it should be. Yep. The authority figure should be the, for lack of a better term, the adult in the room. The authority right. figure should be the one that yes. de-escalates instead of constantly revving things up and say, oh, yeah, put the cigarette out. Oh, yeah, I'll drag you out. He's escalating. <laughs> That's, That's right. You are in a, can you imagine uh, uh, having a teacher say that to a student? Authority yeah. oh. figures are supposed to be mature enough to control. say, control. Okay. You have yep. to be in control. In control. And back to Lady Diva's question, what should we tell our kids? We should tell our kids that if the authority figure is not de-escalating, we have to teach our kids how to de-escalate. We have to teach them how to de-escalate the situation. It should be the authority figure, but like I said, we can't always have the world we wish it was. We have to deal with the world the way it is sometimes. Well, could, can I ask this question, Kevin? Um, could it be, you know, a, a how you talk to the cops, even though they already had a power struggle in their mind because they got the badge? And if you're cussing at the police and talking crazy to them, they stopped you or something of that sort, that is an escalating issue for them because they're like, who are you? You know, to cuss at me. I'm the authority here. Definitely. You know, you might yeah. have to and, not and that, cuss. And, that, and when you listen to that Sandra Bland recording, you can Ooh, tell that officer's ego, <laughs> his ego was on the line. Ooh, his ego, his pride was hurt. She was talking bad to him. Ooh, like, she and, was, she was and he just felt like, oh, yeah, well, I'll there show you, you who's in charge. That's the way, yep. that's the way he, his attitude went. <laughs> That's where his attitude went immediately. Okay, he was like, "Let me show and, and you it's something." <laughs> exactly, and it's unfortunate that when someone has that attitude, when, when it can cost you your life. Yeah, it can cost I you your life. Question. Sometimes you don't even leave that scene alive when you let I things escalate. You will not leave. Go ahead, please. The question is, just like. Uh, uh, mental health counselors and psychologists. They have to understand black people and our culture. They have to understand how black people are. No, we're not all aggressive, but we uh, uh, look at things differently in certain situations. We're, most of us, yes, we are aggressive, but most of us are humble. Now, the thing is, what are black cops, uh, what are cops being taught about black people and our culture? Mexicans, Spanish, uh, what are they t teaching through the training for uh, them to be deputies and black officers? Are they teaching them by the old book, 
that black people are monkeys and black people are aggressive. We got to attack them uh, and, and shoot them and kill them. I mean, what are they oh putting these God. black officers That's in training That's a darn about? good question. Come on. Come on with it. Wow. And you're right. And that is, that is one of the major issues. If you listen to conservative media, the conservative media will say, well, it's just a few bad apples, just a few bad cops. And then if you listen to the more liberal media, they'll say, well, all cops are biased. And in my opinion, I say both are correct. I say there are bad cops, and in policing, there is a lot of bias. There's a lot of bias towards minorities. And it has to be in minorities that this bias is going against. We have to train the cops to overlook that bias, to overcome it. Even if that comes up initially, the training should override that. And we can train that out of the good cops, and the bad cops just need to be fired. Mm-hmm. If you just go to work feeling like I'm going to kill a N-word today, well, then I believe all cops should get mandatory therapy and mandatory mental evaluations on a regular basis. And if they don't pass the test, take the badge. Exactly. Exactly. Why would you not let, why would you trust someone that has the ability to make a judgment call on whether you live or die? They have that ability to decide whether you live or die. I want to know that person is mentally sound. I want to know that that person is not suffering from PTSD. I want to mm-hmm. know that that person is not going through a bitter divorce, right. and then so they're angry at black women because they're having a divorce with a black woman. Who knows what they're going through? We have to have, we have to make sure, and the cops are citizens. They're, they're citizens, too. They are humans, too. We That's have right. to take care of them. We have to take care of their needs. They have mental needs. And they're mm-hmm. just humans, just like all of us. They have badass kids, like we all do. <laughs> yeah, we, we do. do. Some of you guys have really good kids, okay? <laughs> but I'm 50-50. I got one. <laughs> Ooh, I wish we had some of those. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yes, cops have the same problems that all humans do, and sometimes they're on chill. Unfortunately, if they're having a bad day, a life can be lost. Lives can yeah. be can be taken away if they're having a bad day. We have to make sure they are mentally sound. But in case they aren't, guess what? We have to teach our kids. We have to give them, quote, unquote, the talk. I got yes. the talk yeah. from my brothers. Yes. When my older brothers, when they were teaching me how to drive, they said, well, Kevin, when, when the cops pull you over, and they are going to pull you over at one point or another, you keep your hands where they can see you. You announce where you're going to move your hand before you move it. You move them slow and methodical. You make eye contact when you're talking to him. You make him feel as comfortable as you can because if he's not comfortable, he's going to pull his gun on you. My brothers told me that years before I had a gun pulled on me by a cop. It's, it's and a also, that, unfortunately, we have to tell our kids in the minority community, in the white community, they don't necessarily have to have that same talk. I also want to put in there when you teach your children, 
when they get arrested or any person's friends or family members, when they do get arrested and they get handcuffed, the police is not supposed to be touching and beating them. And when they put them in the police car, they better put them in a seatbelt because the police can get uh, charged for putting a passenger in the back seat, uh, back seat handcuffed and not in the seatbelt because you could get killed uh, right yes, in the back of the police car Gray. and not put in the seatbelt. And that goes for in those big old paddy wagons, too. That is exactly People what happened to Freddie Gray in a paddy wagon. They, that's what's called a rough ride. They gave him right. a rough ride to the police station where they made you a rough stop. He handcuffed. Yeah, and they broke his neck. And all he was arrested for was a pocket knife, a pocket knife with a two-inch blade, which was totally legal. But they used that as an excuse to beat that man and kill him. So, like I said, those were bad cops. And I might point out, some of them were black. A lot of people are like, well, how can you say it's racially motivated when some of those cops were black? Because, as I said earlier, even black cops, some black cops, i got to stress because there are good and bad cops, some black cops act just as bad, if not worse, than the white cops. They will be other ones. I need need to get get in here. I need to Mm -hmm. get in. Let me get in. Boy, this is so good, boy. Y'all done left me. <laughs> y'all have left, left me. Wait a minute. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm sorry, Miss Claudia. <laughs> Wait, you know, and, and, and you know, there was a couple other people, but you know, we was we was having such a good time on this powwow. You know, let me let me let me let me get a little break up in here and just say to the people, come back. You know, if you got a question or a comment, call in at this call in number of eight four five two seven seven. 9302. That number again is 845-277-9302. When we talking about the black and the blues, cops, reaction to resolution with Kevin Hempstead here on Lardy Miss Party and Company on Blog Talk Radio. And you know, Kevin, you know, I got this question and then I'm going to a break okay I'm, I'm gonna take i'm gonna take a little break all right you know and then okay. we can come back and later but you stay right there because i know you have questions i know um and but i, I got this last question Do, does that defund the police make sense since we're talking about you know them going to go get some psychiatric treatments and whatever all else they need to do to be the cops they supposed to be you know but you know, everybody that, that, that have been going through with the cops, Black Lives Matter, they all talking about the fund the police. That'll make them. You take away their money, you know, maybe they act like they got some sense. So do you think that <laughs> the fund the police makes sense? So do you want me to answer that now? Or I want you break? to answer that. Yes, I do, Ms. Hampstead. Well, to me, the defund the police statement, I understand why people are making that statement because they're so frustrated. And the police forces around the nation have, in within the last 15, 20 years, become a lot more militarized. They mm-hmm. have a lot more weapons. They have SUVs. They have ATVs. They have things that resemble tanks, mm-hmm. SWAT teams. And, that. and you know what? I feel like sometimes they're needed. 
because America is very, very well armed. I know mm. some people yeah. who have weapons that are, that are mm-hmm. flat out scary. I never want the police to show up and be outgunned by the criminals. Not if I'm calling them to defend yep. my life or me or my life. So to me, defund the police, no, it doesn't make sense. Because if you deep police and fire all the cops and rebuild from the ground up, within a short period of time, you're going to have the same problem with the new cops. You're going to have new cops with PTSD, new cops that all of a sudden, because they work in the same bad neighborhood for 15 years. If they work in that same bad neighborhood for 15 years with the same members of one minority group cussing, spitting, fighting, yelling at them, and, and, and shooting at them, guess what? Sometimes they need some mental therapy so that they don't just hate them and beat them up and shoot them for no reason. You know, and that you're saying that, you know, and that you are saying, I'm going to add to it, you know, uh, before I get this show, before I go on the break, I've got to put this in here because you're making uh, headways with with the statement that you're saying. So I'm going to add to the fire and say, why is the minority communities targeted you know, for this type of, uh, you know, this type of, uh, uh, you know, mess mentality that we are asking for the system to help our police officers have a better mindset when they go into this specific uh, minority community. It can't be like that in all the communities. Why is the target with just the minority communities? I don't get that. That 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 to me is a target for for drama to always happen. It's always on news. I'm sure they got other people that they can you know have the news. You know what I'm saying? But it just seemed like it's always a black person, a black man. Why is the it, it goes back to that implicit bias. It goes back to that easily identifiable thing that makes the minority group look, appear different. Implicit bias is something that, like I said, everyone has. Unfortunately, when someone has it that has the ability and the authority to take a life, it's, it's, it becomes a lot more volatile. And like I said, most cops are good, and we should not judge all cops by the actions of a few. That's like saying that that would be the same as saying, well, that black guy is a murderer and a killer, so all blacks are bad. We we have to be careful not to do that the same way that they that some people are doing the minority, saying, well, okay, that well, minority is bad, so they're all bad. Okay, well, there, there's there's a, there's another caller. Let's. Let's put this caller on and let's see what the caller has to say on, you know, what comments or questions that they may have. Welcome, caller. Mm-hmm. This is Lardy Miss Lardy yes. and Company on Blog Talk Radio 7, last digits 8811. You're on the line. Say what you got to say. What you got to say on this? Hey, well, hey, I just got tuned in. My name is uh, Utah. I'm from Los Angeles. And I didn't really get the topic or what we're speaking on. 
So I would just want to listen, and then maybe you could come back to me. I will come back then. Thank you for making oh. that noise. What we're talking about is the black and blues reaction to resolution with Kevin Hempstead, who is our guest this evening. We're talking about cops and the black community and what we can do to uh, make things better. So, you know, listen in, and if I'll come back to you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yes, right now, so far, we've mainly been pointing out the problem. But there are ways that we can make it better. We have talked about better training. That's one of them. Another one is training our own children, our own drivers. It's policing ourselves because we cannot totally blame the police if we are fighting them. We can't totally blame the police. I mean, granted, they are wrong. If they kill us, we might be in the right by running away, but you know what? We could be like my father used to say, dead right. You're running away and feel like a cop ain't supposed to shoot me in the back, but guess what? It happened. <laughs> when I was writing my first book, my son, my own son was wanted by the police, and I was writing that book with the motivation that maybe I will help him survive if he encounters the police. Uh-huh. I kept trying to convince him, son, turn yourself in. You got to turn yourself in. They're shooting people. And my son is bigger than me. He's six foot three and muscular. He he looks down at me, hey, dad. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> they will shoot you so many times because you are so big. And they're, in, they're already intimidated by our color and our strength. So when they see a big black man, they're already on tilt. They're ready to draw their weapons immediately. Yeah. yeah. We have to teach our kids that look, they're not supposed to shoot you in the back, but that doesn't mean they're gonna not gonna yell out, Taser, Taser, Taser and shoot right. you while you're driving away. Absolutely. And I'm sure you remember that case when the lady yelled yeah. that out and I've held a police mm-hmm. taser and I've held a police revolver or a nine millimeter and they don't feel nothing alike. That woman wanted to kill that kid in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. But uh, wow. well, I, have to, I have something to say. This is Lady Diva. Okay, after you, mm-hmm. then we're going to go on a break, okay? That way I can, you know, have other things that I can do to put in here and get started. Go ahead, Lady Diva. Say what you got to say. I believe police reform is suitable. And it should be documented for every state, every 50-plus state, uh, mm-hmm. that all policemen and uh, security should be uh, should be uh, going through uh, uh, reform training uh, because the yeah. fact that back in the day here in uh, my city of Evansville, Indiana, police was just pulling over and arresting all kind of black folks for anything and a lot of people are still traumatized from those years, those those dinosaur years. I got arrested for uh, lifting my arm, and the police what? slammed me to the ground and arrested wait, me and wait, put wait, me in the say police that, Wait a minute, say that what? again, Lady Diva. I, I, I was look. I was uh, 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 actually an oncomer looking in, being nosy. <laughs> 
And uh, the officer was trying to touch it, and I raised my arm, and the officer was like, "Uh uh-uh, and threw me to the ground. And before I knew it, I was in the back of a a patrol car. Oh, my God. It was bad. It was bad back then. So let me tell you, police scared the hell out of people today because it reminds them of how some of the bad officers are, how what they experience. People, yes go through counseling, psychiatry, and everything to get over those traumatized times. Absolutely. And when they come upon red and blue lights behind their car, people <laughs> get scared. Like and, me. And yes, they remember do. what they went through. <laughs> Look at me. I'm driving. I make sure I do not lift my arm. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yes. The thing wow. is, pol- police reform. The, the, the police needs to be retrained. They need to throw away the old dinosaur books on how they look upon <laughs> yes. uh, brown uh, skin And they need to be screened a little bit more. Huh? Very well said. And they Very need well to be said. screened a little bit more because, you yes. know, just yes. because you got, just because you got experience in a thing don't mean that emotionally and mentally that you're ready to share that experience. Because you could be still pissed off at life on your, you know, that's going on in your life and you just want to have some power and, you know, and just just become a bully, you know, because you've been bullied even though you have experience in stuff, you know what I mean? But that don't mean that very, you're ready very true. Very to get true, out there. And that is why I was saying they need to have mandatory. They need. They don't yep. need to defund the police. They need mandatory, to yes. the police funding to put it into mandatory therapy and mental evaluations to make sure we are getting rid of the racist cops. We are yep. getting rid of the white supremacists, white supremacists that might have infiltrated the police forces. We want to be sure that we're doing our best to get rid of them. And if they are not fit to carry a gun, if they have too much of a problem with minorities that they cannot help themselves, they don't need mm-hmm. to stop. That's okay. right. The, in, but at the end of the day, everyone deserves the right to go home. So by all means, an officer right. should protect themselves. They have to protect right. themselves. So if an, if an officer tells you to let me see your hand, guess what? You better show them your hand because your life is on the line. So that's where you have some responsibility for your own safety. Because if he gives you that order to let me see your hand, you best believe he is debating on whether he has to shoot you. I I have had the privilege, because I have a daughter who is a phenomenal superstar, so I had the privilege of meeting a couple presidents. And during that time, the Secret Service men they watch you while you're meeting. I met President Obama, President Joe Biden, and the Secret Service agents, I noticed every time they are watching your hand. Yes, they, they might glance once wow. at your facial expression, <laughs> but they are staring at your hand. Mm-hmm. So if I would have done anything crazy with my hand, those guys have submachine guns and stuff. You know, <laughs> They have so many takedown techniques. They would mm-hmm. have taken me out. I have some photos of myself with Barack Obama, and there's Secret Service agents on both sides of him, and I'm shaking his hand, and the Secret Service agents are looking at my hand. They want to see 
what you are going to do with your hands. They want to make sure you don't have a weapon, that you're not going to produce something to harm people. And cops are the same way. Cops will look at your hands. That's why it's so important that you show your hands when they ask you to. Thank you for that. Thank you for that advice, uh, Kevin. Well, we're going to go on a break with that, and we'll be back, and we're going to talk more on the black and the blues, the cops. You know, I got, I got, I got a rhythm going here, so I'm going to play some more of the black, the bad boys. I'll be back after this. <laughs>
show we're having and welcome back i am lardy miss clardy your host here on blog talk radio and i'm coming at you live from everywhere with some good news and bad news if necessary so tonight the show is all about the subject matter the black and blues reaction to resolution with kevin hempstead and for those that are coming in let me give you a little rundown about mr hempstead kevin hempstead a writer a motivational speaker is the author of a book entitled Black and Blue Pathways to a Positive Interaction Between African Americans and the Police. Kevin comes with changing the narrative on how community members and police officers interact, uh, how the actor uh, interacts occur, and why it is important to have better communication with peace officers, especially especially in the minority communities. I mean, have something to say to Kevin, meet him as he gives us educational information that will motivate inspire us all to save the lives of our citizens and our peace officers when on duty. And so I want to get back to the to our conversation. Kevin you know, uh, thank you so very much for you know bringing this, bringing this lively uh, matter to this this show. You know, because it's important that we hear what's going on in the world today and what can we do as advocators and communicators, as well as uh, you know, motivators to get out here and bring things together. You know, we're at the best that, you know, for people to actually, uh, you know, not get hurt out here and we got to do what we got to do to make sure that, you know, gets across that we can have solutions and do something about it. So the question before I bring on other callers, um, you know, to speak in, uh, I have this question and, you know, only you can answer it. How could a community improve its relationship with local police officers? You know, even even after they go to jail and they get out and all that stuff, we're talking about as a whole, what can we to improve as a community, the relationship with the local police officers? How can we how can we help? One of the one of the things that I'm, I'm, first off, I'm out here in Aurora, Colorado, and Aurora, Colorado has had quite a bit of bad publicity within the last mm-hmm. couple of years, um, mm-hmm. starting with the major case of Elijah McClain, whom officers stopped because he was wearing a ski mask 
And when he said, wait, why are you stopping me? Where is the mask? Is it illegal? They stopped him when he got upset. They called an ambulance people, and they gave him a lethal dose of ketamine. Mm-hmm. Ketamine is a it's – a, mm. it, it killed him. It put him into a coma, and he died within, oh my God. within two days, two or three days. And this was a very nice – and a nice kid that most yeah. people that knew him called him a gentle soul, Elijah McClain. And – yeah, I remember you know, that when story. I went to I went to some of the protests. I went to some of those protests, and I said, "Well, we have to get these cops some therapy because if they're killing people for doing things that aren't illegal, they need therapy. They we don't need to defund the police. We need more funds to get these cops some training and some mm-hmm. therapy and some mandatory evaluations to make sure they're fit to be cops." And I was yelled down at that protest. They said, "No." Defund the police when emotions wow. are so high, they they just want to lash back. They they're, they're angry and yeah, they're angry. Gone, we are dying. We are dying, and and it's it's un, it's unnecessary. Everyone should, has the same end. It's the same goal to get home safely at the end of the day. At the Both end of the day, and the citizens. So with that in mind, and on my website, blackandblue-book.com, I gave Chapter 5 of my book away for free. It has always been free. And Chapter 5 has in it, the name of the chapter is Cop Stop. And in it, it has the 10 best practices when pulled over by police. And I sat down with a couple of law enforcement officers. I sat down with a couple of cops, and we went through and we came up with the 10 best things to help you survive a police traffic stop. That website, again, send your kids to it. Send your new drivers to it. All minority drivers need to know the 10 best practices when pulled over by the police. I'm not trying to make money off of this. I I would look at that as blood money. I'm trying to save lives. Okay, well, you know, there's a, there's, there's a, there's, we're going to go back to the caller that uh, had wanted us to come, you know, back to, and I'm going to go back to that caller and see what that caller has to say at this point, and then we will continue our move on what we're talking about, but bringing in the caller now on 657, and the last four digits is 8811. Caller, you are on the line, and welcome. Thank you. you have anything to say on this? Thank you so much. Uh, well, I uh, really would like to say it's, it's not going to change. It's going to get worse, okay? And it does start with the community, and it starts with us as black as a whole, you know. And a lot of us came up, a lot of dysfunctionals. And that's why it's so wild. I'm out here. I grew up in Watts in Compton area. I'm 66 years old. I've been in all the riots. I've seen a lot of things that happen out there. And it's so sad that we can't come together as a whole, you know, mm-hmm. put down the rags, put down the guns. They, we see what's going on. They want a race-wise. That's what's going on with the white supremacists. 
you know, and they're killing us slowly but surely. Just like I was just looking at the uh, YouTube, the news. It's out there in Kansas City, the white supremacists killing women. They're coming up missing. One got away, but they killed three. You know, trying to defund the police, they're all racist. You know, they was born that way. But what we have to do is come together. We don't have to go blow to blow. We have to come together and put it out there for real. What's really going on? And that's mm. what I'm trying to do with a lot of guys that I grew up with in the 70s. Because we dropped the ball somewhere. And that's why it's so wild out here. You know, and all our young men going to prison, that's what they want to do, incarcerate you, make money off you, just mm. like cattle. They warehouse mm. you. Anything. Why? Because we are threat. If we I can, if I can he is, boy, he is untapped a lot. <laughs> Wait, ho, 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 hold on. No, one at a time. Hold on. Well, Mr. Kevin, I will I will come to you. Let him finish saying what he has to say. What did you say, sir? And I said uh, they know that black Americans very intelligent got got it going on. That's why they want to be like us, act like us, but they don't want us around because they are they figure we are a threat to them because. It's, it's, I see it all the time. Right where I'm at today, I'll speak. They just walk past you like they don't acknowledge you. But that's okay. That won't stop me, you know, because I know why I'm here for. I know why I'm here on this earth for. A leader, not a follower. Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing, mm-hmm. I'm getting back out there because I just did six years, okay, on some humbug stuff. But anyway, it taught me something. And I'm writing a book from Thug Life to Christ Life. And now I put Christ first in my life, direct my path. And things is going great. And, yes, we getting together to reach out to the neighborhoods where we came from. Because what's going on now, they need to pull up their pants, take those rags off, and now it's time to be a man. It's time to put one foot forward. And it's a lot. But I don't have that much time. I would love to talk again, but I have to go. But, and you know, you can accept it or you don't. We All of us got our own views on certain things. But one thing that we all agree on, we have to come together. We have to reach out to the lost. Thank you. Thank you very and much for your comment. Thank you. Thank you for that You're comment, welcome. sir. That was very Kevin, well put. He, he what really, you got to say on it? He really unpacked a lot there. He, he really yes, did, he and did. I'm, I'm very impressed. And I am glad that he has re- changed things around and he put Christ first. Him being 66 years old, me and him are close to the same age. So people that have lived to be our age, we pretty much know what the police are capable of. It's up to us to mentor these younger people. Yeah. And like you said, they need to pull a pants up. And, and change the way they're thinking. They need right. to do things different. They need to stop right. looking at going to prison as street cred. They need to they need to really 
really look at life entirely differently and, and in a more positive way, a more yes. mature way. Right. Well, uh, I'm going to call the, the last caller to the, to the floor at, uh, at 812-7331. Lady Diva, you still there? What do you think yeah. about all of what you're listening to? Um, Any last comments? Yes. Um, I do believe in police reform. I do believe in the community needs to come together and uh, educate uh, people and re-educate people. And um, they, I think the education uh, and coming together is what is, is needs to be really done. I I, uh, I 100% truly believe that we all need to all come together, and police reform really needs to be uh, forced. It, it does. It needs to be forced. I yep. have learned some things in people's eyes, and I have experienced things myself that had traumatized me, even though I wasn't in the seat. But, it, it you know, you see things with your eyes, you hear things with your ears, uh-huh. and um, you really take it to the core. And um, life experience is a reality you will be discomforted in, and the thing, it will change you. It will really it will. change you. What the thing is, will it change you to do good and still right. be good in people? That's right. the thing uh, that we need to really uh, unlearn what we have learned because what we have learned ended a dead end. But we need to relearn things uh, and still see good in people because uh, things have changed. I have heard on the news a judge that sentenced a young boy at the age of 17 for uh, a line of robbery. And he was going to prison for a lot of years. And and she took him out of prison because he is not a boy when he went in. He's a changed mm-hmm. man. So mm-hmm. changing things have to where everybody has to come together. And that's all I got to say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lady D. Thank you for coming on to the show. You too, caller. You uh, thank you for coming to the show and sharing your uh, opinions and your comments and questions. And the only thing I got to say about this, uh, Kevin, is that earlier today I was uh, going to go get some gas at the gas station. And this gentleman, mm. you know, uh, as I was in to pay my gas bill to put the gas in, asked me a question. Just out of the clear blue, he said, ma'am, I, I need a, a honest answer, you know. He said, do, with my hair like this, do I look like a thug or something? And I looked at, looked at his hair, you know, it was, you know, in, in, you know, like the dreads and had a, uh, his, his uh, beard was, uh, was, was in a ponytail like, and, you know, and his hair was in dreads and, I looked at him, I said, well, no, I said, you don't look like no thug and or anything like that. He said, well, you know, I've been having the police. He said, I'm from South Central LA and I've been, uh, since I moved on this side of uh, LA, um, he said, I've been having cops 
stop me. And I'm a businessman. You know, I have my own company. And, 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 and when I don't have, you know, uh, my equipment and stuff that's trailing behind the back of my uh, truck, you know, I always get stopped. And so I thought I would just ask, you know, do I look like, you know, some kind of thug or something? I can't, I don't want to put my hair in perm hair and put it in a ponytail and look like this and that for, you know, I want to be known for who I am. I said, well, sir, there's a lot of that going on profiling and what so. And I guess I don't know what to say about it, but, you know, from my point of view, and then another lady stepped in and she said, no, you don't look like no, you know, like somebody to be threatened by, you know, I don't understand why the police are this way here in California. Now she's speaking. And I was like, you know, this is really crazy because I'm getting ready to do this show and here it is, you know, I'm I'm being asked questions wow. about, you know, someone looks that's stopping the police to stop them. And this is a, a, a black man, you know what I mean? You know, it's just mm, amazing. Just the universe. <laughs> right. And I don't know, but, you know, uh, there was a piece that really, really got me when the gentleman that just spoke right here on the show said, it ain't going to change. We're going to always have an issue because he feels it ain't going to change. And the question was asked to me long time ago when I was on TV in Vegas. It Will it change? And I said, no, but people do need to come together. You know, we as a, a race of people, we do need to come together. So, and we need to have some real resolution and how we need to, uh, how we need to help those that are not of the race that we are understand that we are not, you know, uh, we're just like anybody else and we need to be treated the same, but we need to come together for that resolution and really show who we really are and for them to stop looking at us as though like we're a threat to society or something, you know, and I assume that's why Black Panther coming out mm. trying to show it's, who we are. There's yes, there's always there's always gonna be racist. There's it's never that's what's not gonna change. That's what's but not gonna I change. Refuse to right. think. I refuse I refuse I refuse to think that we cannot make things better. I refuse I to refuse, think that. I'm with you on That's that. Cool. We, we can, can make things better. We can. But we got to come together. We can. We, well, of course we do. Not one person can't do it. I can't do it alone. Neither can nobody. Obama couldn't do it. And no one can. No one person can do it. No one we person. Right. Martin Luther King couldn't, Malcolm X couldn't, no one person can do it. It takes all of us. Just mm-hmm. like it, it just it takes all of us. And it's gonna take a lot of concerted effort to to change these attitudes and even if they're prejudging, like the gentleman said he was that you just met today was prejudged yep. based on how he looked. Based on how he looks. We have to. 
It's got to stop. We have to train these cops. We got to figure out how to 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 stop that. We have to train these cops. I'm trying to tell you. (laughs) We have to train these cops to go past that. You might have a quick reaction based on how someone looks, but Mm -hmm. if you have the proper training, you are not going to. what, What matters is not what you're thinking. It's what you do about it. It's your action. You can't act on that first preconceived notion because someone's sagging. Gangbanger, because he got some rags. Gangbanger always has dreadlocks. Yep. You (laughs) you cannot have. You cannot. you, You cannot act on it, especially if you are an authority figure. As an authority figure, your number one priority is the protection of the people. Under mm-hmm. your authority, that is the number one. Number one. That is the number one goal. That is the number one mission of a leader. Figure an armed authority figure. Cops are leaders. You are a leader in the community, and your mm-hmm. number one, their number one goal is the protection of the people. And most cops are good at that goal. And Thank I you. believe that one of the ways we can help them get better with the community. Is whenever we're having a block party in the community, have call the police chief and have him send some of the officers that patrol that area into that community function so that they get to learn about the people in that community, not right. only learn about them, but meet them and look at them as human beings. Look at right. them as human beings. You're not going to be quick to kill someone that you've met previously. At a community event, and not one only thing that. that they did out here in Aurora that was really good is they had the high school team out here in Aurora. One of the high school teams go against the Aurora Police Department, and it was used to be an annual event. And the cops would go against the young cops that were in good enough shape to go against these high school kids. Would play a basketball game with them, a charity event, and it was by the end of that event. The cops and those teenagers were on such good terms that the teenage kids, well, the cops, the police chief was giving an interview, there were teenagers that jumped on his back laughing and joking with him mm-hmm. and, say, and, you know, and punching him playfully. That's the kind of interaction we have to have with the good cops because there are good cops out here, and we need to support them because police stations and police departments in every major city right now are having a deficit of police officers. We need to support the good police officers. Get rid of the bad ones. Support the good ones. Otherwise, what are we going to do? Go back to the wild, wild west where everybody has a gun on their hip protecting themselves that way? That'd be craziness. We need police officers. We need police officers. That's right, we do. So the people who say, I hate cops, that's just that's just misdirected hatred. For one, I don't believe you should hate anyone. Maybe you should hate what people do, but do not hate the person. We okay. need to learn and we need to teach our kids how to survive this system we have. And we need to teach these cops how to treat us. And if they're not going to treat us right, they should not be cops. Well, I got a, co- a couple more. I have. Thank you so much. For that, yes, you're absolutely right, and you know I got a couple more questions for you, but I'm gonna go on a small break, you know, given time for you know 
people to Usa at all of everything that they have heard and, you know, something out there, you know, because when you're talking about, you know, all of us needing to come together and, you know, come with a soluble solution to the problem, you know, it's, it's definitely we know that one of those prob- problems will be that the uh, when they're bringing cops or, you know, police officers or peace officers or whatever that they're calling police, that they need to have some hardcore, you know, therapy or some screening before they actually hire them to come out into a community. And I have a couple more words for you. And then after that, we will uh, then, you know, uh, you can tell them where to find you with your last words of encouragement and uh, where your book is. And, you know, we'll go from there. But we'll be right back after this. Call in at call in number of 845-277-9302. That number again is 845-277-9302. And you are listening in on the Black and Blue Reaction to Resolution with Kevin Hampstead on Lardy McCarty and company on Blog Talk Radio. I'll be right back after this. Peace on the land. Peace on the land. 
some real soldiers, yes we do, that will pray and that will get up and pull people together in a righteous way. Yes, you are listening in on Lardy, Miss Clardy and Company here on Blog Talk Radio, and we're talking about the blacks and the blues, a reaction and resolution with Kevin Hampstead. And we all know that police are, all police are not bad. All police are not bad. We might have a problem with, with some type of, you know, racism, but even in that, in every category of our races, you're going to you're going to always come with some bad people out of those races. But everyone is not bad. But we do need some real soldiers to stand and to to fight for what is right and to bring things together, to bring the brothers and sisters together. You know, we want to look up to the police as heroes. We don't want to see them as zeros. That is not the model that our peace officers should wear. You know, as again, we say that police are not bad, but those that are, we need you to pull up your bootstraps and be better because we don't want to see you as a zero, only as a hero. And with that to say, we're going back to Kevin Hepstead with the last remarks. Kevin, are you there? Yes. Yes, I am, Miss Clardy. Thank you for that. I agree with everything you have just said. It's, well, it's you know, interesting. I'm sorry. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's interesting. Say what you need to say oh, because I got say two more questions. That, okay, there are so many people who say we need to defund the police, but to that I say we need to refund the police to reform. <laughs> To reform. Refund. We need to reform. reform. Yes. Yeah. Not defund, but refund through reform. We need to change the way they are trained. We yeah. need regular, like I said previously, regular therapy and evaluations, as well as regular shoot, don't shoot scenarios. In mm-hmm. a previous job that I had, we had training every single year, once or twice a year, in how to bend and pick heavy things up. Just so, even though we all know that we had this training last year, but you know what? It was important enough that they had it every year and it saved people's backs. Yeah. What about saving some lives? Let's save some lives by having shoot, don't shoot training scenarios on a regular basis, not just in the police academy, but on mm-hmm. a regular basis. So that I, I am so sick of people of hearing that the bad cops or the untrained cops say, "Well, he made a threatening move. Well, uh, he he made his film. It looked like a gun, you know." And granted, the cops we need them to take care of themselves. We need them to take cover. Uh-huh. But if someone is running away, we need them to also. If that person does not have a weapon, threatening to kill. Yes. Don't let that man live. Let that woman live. Yes. So, what can we do to support, you know, the uh, the law the law enforcement? What can citizens do to support the law enforcement? Thing we can do because we have to take just like we want people to take for granted that we're one of the good people. We're one of we're black. We might be black, but you know what? That doesn't mean 
that we are one of the, we are criminals. So we mm-hmm. want them to give us the benefit of the doubt that we're a good person. Mm-hmm. I want us to give cops the benefit of the doubt that they are a good cop. When you see a cop patrolling or walking or standing or sitting somewhere having a lunch or, or watching over an event, just tell him, go up to him, shake his hand and say, thank you for your service. Show him or her that appreciation. Because they're humans too. And and just assume, take for granted, give them the benefit of the doubt that that is a good cop and say, thank you for your service. It's amazing how far just that will go. Just a little just bit like of kindness. Just like military soldiers. Yes, just like we do the military people in uniform. Thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. Cops are in just as dangerous as their career field just as dangerous of a career field as a soldier. They are shot at numerous times during their careers just because of their career. We really need to show them that respect. And when they pull us over, our life is on the line if we do not help that officer feel comfortable. There are all kinds of little clues. I must say it again. Go to blackandblue-book.com and click on the part, and it'll, it'll bring up Chapter 5, the 10 best practices when pulled over by the police. It has simple things. Many seem like common sense, and some of them are things like when you're pulled over in a dark area, turn on your dome light so the cop doesn't feel like he might be getting ambushed by mm-hmm. someone sitting in the back with a gun pointed at him. Just a little yeah. thing. Turn the car mm-hmm. off so he doesn't think you're going to run away. Keep your hands where you can see him. If he tells you to get your driver's license and ID out, don't. If you don't have them out, wait until he comes up to you before you get them. If you reach down as soon as you're pulled over, guess what he thinks you're reaching for? You have to start thinking with some good common sense. And you know what common sense is nowadays? I call it wisdom. <laughs> because that's yep. what it is. Wisdom. That's, that's it right. Is. It's wisdom. Real common sense. Think. Yes, it is. Real you know, common sense is really wisdom. What would you like to um what would you what would you like to uh leave for the audience today with your last words of uh inspiration and encouragement? And then tell them where to find you, and how to purchase your The last words of encouragement, if I had to say it in one sentence, it would be like a poster that I read one time and that comes to mind. And I love this poster that someone put together. And it, in the poster, I'm going to describe it. It has a, a, a flag with that blue stripe to represent mm-hmm. the in America. Mm-hmm. And it says, I back the blue and stand against racism. In case you were wondering, Ooh, yes, that's good. you can you can do both. You that's can. the most important part, that last sentence. Yes, right. you can do both. You can support law enforcement and stand against racism. You can do both. So if I wanted just one statement to be put out towards the end, I want it to be that. You can reach me on my website at blackandblue-book.com or you can just and you can find that book on Amazon by 
looking up black and blue pathways because the first word of that subtitle is pathways. And after I made my black and blue book about, I wrote it about six or seven years ago and they published it about five years ago. It's Uh amazing that there were about 30 to 40 different black and blue titles that came out right after that. (laughs) So to find my book, to find my book, it has to be black and blue pathways because the back of the subtitle is Pathways to a Positive Interaction Between African-Americans and the Police. And Very there are so not. many ways. There are way yes. more ways that we can support the police than I can say in a two-hour program. So please, look me up, send me questions, contact me if you have any or you need me to talk to your group, your child, your church, your prisoners. <laughs> I don't care. I'm trying to get this message out. And any <laughs> money from my book goes Amen. to charity. Every yes. time I get $1,000, it goes to a charity. If you go to my website, you will see me presenting a larger-than-life check to the Denver Metro Urban League. And then you will also see me giving a larger-than-life $1,000 check to COPS, a, a organization that COPS that stands for citizen or it's concerns of police survivors. It's survivors. It's the widows and family members of cops that were killed. Excellent. And I've given them a thousand dollars and you'll see that on my website also. And I've given the Urban League and every time I get a thousand dollars, I contribute it to a charity. A different charity every year. So I'm not out after the money. I'm out after the message. Yeah. After sending and spreading the message that we can make this better. We can. There isn't a problem on earth that we can't solve. Well, Kevin. Thank you, Ms. Clardy, for such a great program. I love you for doing this. You are such a great host. You've been so nice and kind to me. Thank you. Thank you for letting me ramble on because Uh I know I I get passionate about this and I'll just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We were having a comprehensive radio program. And so I am very, very honored to have you. And I thank you very much for choosing this platform, Lardy Miss Clardy, and coming on Blog Talk Radio to come and bring, you know, a comprehensive and educational and very inspiring uh, part for me to do as an interview for you. You know what I mean? I'm very honored and I appreciate you being here. Thank you for coming and sharing your testimony and your book and your ideals that should spark us all to come together and make resolutions than rather react, you know, to what's going on in the community with us as minorities in the communities with the cops. I appreciate Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you again when you do another book that you will choose to come on this radio program and share it with us. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. I definitely shall. The uh, follow-up book is in the works right now. And it should be released early part of next year. 
So thank you All for right. having me, and I will be calling you again when I have a new and better version. Excellent. I will be waiting. Thank you, Mr. Hempstead. Thank you for your presence with us today. Have a great evening. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Black and Blues, Reaction to Resolution with Kevin Hempstead. I hope that you all have enjoyed this show this evening. My name is Wendy, but they call me Lardy, Miss Clardy. And you, if you have any uh, inspiring stories that you want to speak on, please, by all means, come and be with me and I will interview you and put your story out. You have books, anything that you have, I am the one, I am your gal to get it done right here. Already Miss Clark and company on BTR. Email me at professionalrookies2012 at gmail.com or call at 614-304-1367 and leave a message. I will back with you within a 24-hour period. Hope you enjoyed the show this evening. There will be more. Stay tuned. Be blessed and have a peaceful evening. And thank you all for your comments and your questions. Until we see each other the next time, please be safe and remember to keep your prayers up and make sure that you don't end up in the wrong hand, stay on the defense and on the offense. Be kind to the cop, the black and blue.
Family.